Greetings, programs. It is I, your fearless host, Joe Loper, and you are listening to Short Form the Podcast. Thank you for joining me on this mid-May episode. How in the name of Poseidon's beard are we already in May of 2023? That's like, that's just craziness. For those of us that grew up in the 80s, and watched Back to the Future, it's weird that we're so far past 2015. I, I don't understand. If you're wondering if you missed last week's shows, where are they? How do I find them? Fear not. There weren't any. I took the week off to rest and finish up the teaching semester. It was kind of a crazy time, and I just felt it made more sense for me to just take a step back and and focus on that grades, all the fun things there, and finish up some uh, photography work and whatnot. I'm not a fan of approaching this kind of with very little in the tank because I feel like I, I miss obvious things and I don't want to do that when I make these episodes. Also, apologize for my voice. Uh, I think the allergy season has kicked in, so my voice is, I kind of sound like Ross on Friends. Every once in a while, it just is going like crazy, so I'm not sure what that's about. For those of you that are paying attention, you'll note that I've used the word fear a few times already. Well, just like Lady Gaga's makeup, that's intentional. Today, we are going to discuss fear and what to do about it. So let's dig in. The clock is running. Fear at its core is designed to keep us alive and healthy. There are certain fears that, you know, humanity has developed over time that are from surviving in the wild, that developed just from being able to navigate a very uncertain world, to our individual fears that are unique to each person, and also community fears based on you know the regions where you live. You can break these down into two basic categories, instinctual and learned. Instinctual fear is usually associated with natural dangers spiders, snakes, rats, and so on, because, well, one, they're creepy. Two, they can be poisonous and also carry diseases. So it just makes sense for us to have developed a natural, you know, aversion to these little creepy crawlies over millennia. Fear of heights is the natural instinct to not want to fall. So some of these things are just kind of innate. Now, the second type, learned fear or conditioned fear, is based on repeated situations that taught us to be afraid. An example would be uh, you know, being exposed to a dog as a child that was prone to aggressive behavior. Every time you were near the dog, it would charge and bark wildly and just create this fear of, oh my gosh, I need to stay away from this. It's, it's really scary. Well, later in life, you would associate that fear with all dogs and see them as a threat, you know, finding it very difficult to, to trust them. Now, it's this second type, learned fears, I want to focus on because what is learned can be unlearned. And this applies to every part of our life, not just the spiders. Now, take for instance, if you fear public speaking, which is one of the most common fears uh, in modern society, but you want to present your ideas, you can either live with that fear and never contribute or... You can take steps to overcome the idea of talking to a group and create new opportunities for yourself. It's not something that will happen overnight. It will take time. And there will be learning lessons along the way. How do we unlearn conditioned fears? 
Well, first, don't try to figure out where the fear started or where it comes from, because that actually doesn't matter. You can do that later because it may give you comfort, but really you're still going to be afraid. It's not going to help you overcome the actual fear. So instead, focus on the why. What is it about public speaking you fear? We're just going to stick with that because I think it's an ubiquitous one. You may find that sounding foolish uh, and or being mocked for your ideas is a primary factor. But then you can start to address these one step at a time. Now, uh, an approach to not sounding foolish would be, you know, exhaustive research and study on your topic that helps you become an authority in the room and gives you a lot, like so much knowledge to draw on during a presentation. So it's not just a matter of having note cards memorized and having slides to present. You have a plethora of information. You know too much for the presentation, which is where you want to be. Knowing just enough for a presentation is terrifying. Knowing more than enough for a presentation is what gives you confidence because you could give two or three of these to finally cover the majority of the information you want to give. And it also helps with that fear of, you know, maybe somebody mocking you or making fun of your ideas or whatnot, because now you have the information to answer them and in turn, maybe show their foolishness. Like, oh, you really don't know as much as you think you do, because I'm the one who's up here giving the talk. Rehearsing is a big one. Rehearsing your presentation, going over your notes is key because this builds confidence in what you're actually going to say. What happens when we're in front of an audience and you don't have a lot of experience doing it is you see all these eyeballs looking at you and they have usually very blank faces and an expectation of, okay, teach me something. If you don't know how you're going to say something, that's terrifying. But if you already know how you're going to say it, even going down to memorizing, it gives you confidence in what you're going to say. And having note cards, there's nothing wrong with having a bit of a security blanket so that you have something to reference. Now, a huge resource that a lot of people don't actually think about is to be coached on public speaking. If you watch, this is a big one, if you watch Apple, Google, Microsoft, Samsung, or any of these other big tech companies that give their big yearly reveal, their events that they do every year that, you know, here's our new phones, here's our new tablets, here's our new TVs. What you'll notice is a lot of similar behavior in how they present themselves. As an example, most of them, and I mean, this is across the board, every single person who gets on camera, most of them will hold their arms at about a 90 degree angle and keep their hands slightly clasped in front of their stomach. Like a professor giving a lecture. Now this is done to give an air of authority, but also to keep them calm because most people get really weird about what to do with their hands when they're in front of a group. They get, we, we get awkward about what am I, what are my hands doing? Why are my arms just hanging at my sides like a dead body? So this is to coach them to do something with their hands. Once you see this, you can't unsee it. It is across the board, almost universal. What's really interesting is when you see someone who's giving a presentation and they're very calm and relaxed and it's a great presentation and they're not doing this, it very much stands out because they don't need that to keep themselves from fidgeting or feeling awkward about themselves. Now, all of this is to say you have much more 
control of your fear and anxieties than just living with it, than just accepting, oh, this is just something I'm terrified of. Now, depending on where it comes from and how debilitating it is, that's going to dictate how much progress you can make and how long it will take to make that progress. But the point is, you can overcome. And there's almost no downside. Because if you discover a serious challenge that maybe requires therapy or even medication, like it requires next-level help, you still come out ahead in the end. Again, it may take longer, but we no longer live in a world where getting help is seen as weak. Admitting vulnerabilities, asking for help, those are seen as strengths now. And they always have been, but society has finally progressed to the point where we see it as a good thing. Because you're seeking to improve, and that is a sign of strength and courage. And ultimately, with continued pursuit, leadership. Now, this is a, a broad overview of fears and anxieties, but at its core, this is how you approach overcoming things that have either held you in place or have stopped you from moving forward, so forth and so on. Now, I want to leave you with a couple of quick quotes from some books um, that are some of my favorite reads. They're very simple. They're very short. The first one is from a book called Nothing You Don't Already Know by Alexander Din Heijer. Boy, I'm going to butcher that name. H-E-I-J-E-R. I'll leave it in the show notes. It's a really simple book. It's a little black and white. It's almost like a pocket size, but it's great. And this is what he says. Fear may motivate, but only love inspires. Love is not an emotion. It's a way of being. And once we raise our consciousness to a state of love by overcoming our fears, all we want is to connect, create, and contribute. Love always wants to share. That is, to me, one of the absolute best approaches to that thought process because fear unchecked and chronic is debilitative. And lastly, I want to leave you from one of my absolute favorite books, Do the Effing Work. And I am censoring myself because this is not an after dark episode, but it's Do the Effing Work, Lowbrow Advice for High Level Creativity. It is an amazing book by some designers. They are, I would love to know these people in person. I don't know them, but I would love to. Now they're talking about losing your ego. But this last part, I think, falls right in line with what we're talking about today. Don't be insecure and run from your vulnerabilities. Look at the issue with honesty and humility. I think that falls right in line with what we're talking about today. As always, this is presented with a sense of conversation, humility. Hopefully, you take this and run with it. Talk amongst yourselves, spark conversations, debate. As always, we are trying to increase the level of conversation so that we can become everyday leaders and not everyday existers. I'm just here taking up space until I die. That's not the goal. The goal is to have impact and to live a life of purpose and to live a life by design. I'm choosing to do this not I'm forced to do this. Thanks for listening. I hope, as always, that you find this helpful, that this is a way to start your week off. I want you to go out there and kick some booty, take names, chew the bubblegum, do all the things, know that you are powerful, and know that all limits are self-imposed. 
Have an awesome week and I'll catch you guys in the next one.